going to begin a new series this morning from the book of Esther. I've been, uh, I've actually been pastoring since I was a 19 year old kid. Got called into the ministry and within six months I was hired full time by my home church. And this is the first time ever I've preached a message from the book of Esther, let alone a series. Um, I'm not sure if the entire series will come from Esther or uh, just a series maybe on Esther. Uh, But there are four main players. If you've never read the book of Esther, there are four main players in the story that unfolds from this book. Asherus, uh, which is the Hebrew name for King Xerxes, and Xerxes is his Greek name. And if you ever studied world history, um, Xerxes was king of uh, the Roman Empire during the 5th century uh, B.C., and there's a lot of world history wrapped around this individual that... uh, like I say, if you've ever studied, it, it was a huge landmass, the the Persian Empire, not the Roman Empire, but the Persian Empire was. Um, it takes in all the Middle Eastern countries and many countries uh, to the west toward India and Pakistan is just massive. Uh, so Xerxes is one of the main players. Um, then there is Esther. This young Jewish maiden who by providence of God alone replaces Vashti as queen. Um, We'll look at that maybe not this week but in in weeks to come about how that took place and and what God was doing as a precursor. Uh, Then there is Mordecai. who had taken Esther in somewhat as his daughter, uh, so to speak, and her parents, I believe they were Mordecai's uh, aunt and uncle, had passed away. And so Mordecai had taken in Esther, and then she becomes queen. And then we see there is this ruthless governor whose name is Haman, And Haman will try to completely destroy Israel. Uh, Israel has become captive to the Persian Empire. And uh, Haman is just ruthless. I mean, it's it's another holocaust that he has planned. And Esther closes out this historical... uh, section of the Old Testament if you look at it closely and um, that records these events in history and that they occur while the Jews are held captive by King Xerxes. And uh, a, a bit of trivia, the name of God is never used Uh, Anywhere throughout the entire book, it's never mentioned in the book of Esther, nor, another tidbit, nor is it ever um, 
any references in the New Testament or any allusions back to the book of Esther uh, in the New Testament. It's one standalone by itself right at the end of the history uh, books in the Old Testament. But in no other portion of the entire Bible uh, is God's providential care for his people more evident. So Esther is chosen queen. She delivers her people, the Jews. And in the end, she and Mordecai uh, see the revenge over Haman and their enemies. And the entire book is, is only eight or ten pages long. Uh, I would challenge you, ten chapters. You could read it in, in 15 or 20 minutes if you'd go home. I challenge you, those of you watching at home and those of you here, go read it this week. And, and uh, it, it's packed with things that you, we can talk about that is relevant in our history today. And so uh, Esther 4, verses 13 through 16 um, are the inspiration for this series. And the series is titled, For Such a Time as This. For Such a Time as This. And if we was to raise the curtain on this scene... Uh, where I'm reading, going to read from this morning, Mordecai has learned that Haman is going to put to death all the Jews. And here he is talking back and forth in these three verses of Scripture to Esther about this particular happening. Verse 13 of chapter 4, it says, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. Wow. Go gather all the Jews who are present at Sushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink For three days, night or day, my maidens and I will fast likewise. And I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. I want to focus on a snippet of that phrase, time as this. Time as this. Many people quote this verse, such a time as this. Uh, They put it on hats. You see it on mugs. I've even seen it on Facebook quotes. Um, I've even heard it used in conjunction with Trump's presidency. Uh, Truth is, it is 
in context, Mordecai is rebuking Esther. Um, He's scolding her. He's taking her to task, so to speak, for her self-preservation attitude and thinking that she's going to survive simply because she's a Jew and is the queen. And King Xerxes uh, is influenced by Haman uh, because of his hatred for Esther's uh, guardian, Mordecai. And he's, had, he's ordered all the Jews killed. I mean, he's almost, it, this is a, a mini Hitler, uh, so to speak. And Esther here is reminded by Mordecai, she is a Jew and will not be spared. Uh, yet, you've got to love Mordecai's faith. You just read in his words in verse 14, deliverance will come, uh, whether it is from you or not. It'll come from somewhere else, but you won't be spared, sister. And when you look at that, he, you know, he's so much as telling her, you better set aside your royalty and face the enemy. And then if you have an NIV, it, it says it best. Who knows? Who knows? You may have come into royalty for such a time as this. And then Esther's response. You just think of what she said back to Mordecai. You go fast and pray. I'll do it. It's against the law. You know that, don't you? I'll do it. And it's against the law. And if I perish... I perish. Wow. What a tense exchange of words between those two individuals. Time is this. They were facing complete annihilation as a people, the whole nation. A time as this, and a lot could be said about a time as this. I saw a picture, I told Michael the other day, of an ice cream truck on a cartoon. And the caption under it, or on the side of this ice cream truck, stated, If 2020 was an ice cream truck, the flavor on the side of the truck would be written is, Liver and Onions. (laughs) Maybe chicken gizzards could be added because they're so tough and chewy if you've ever, and and just hard to take. You might be a chicken lover and liver and onions fan. I'm not, obviously. Uh, Folks, I'm not so sure. God as a nation is not judging us. In the spring of 1993, and every year since, the gay and lesbian community has marched on Washington, D.C. in defiance of Almighty God and His Word. With that came same-sex and sexual perversion and sexual permissiveness 
like we had never seen in our country before. Not just people living together before marriage, but no intent of ever getting married. Same-sex marriage has followed and been made into law. The act of marriage, open sex, and abortion upon demand. Grown men using restrooms with little girls. If you cannot see it, family and marriage is in a crisis in our country. A country that has slowly turned against Israel... To where some even deny the Holy Cost took place. Adults and children curse F-bombs, God's name in vain, with no shame or remorse. Just walk down the hallways of a school once they go back in school. Or ask somebody here that's involved in the school system what the vocabulary is like by children in our school system. Churches all over the United States being persecuted today, not allowed to have service, and fined by government for having service. Christians arrested for singing in public. I'm not through yet. So many things have happened in such a short period of time. I guess none of us really believe that something like this could happen here in the U.S. of A. Nobody believes it, and they never believe it will happen to me. We bury our heads in the sand to the state that we are in at a time like this. We are killing the unborn because we have allowed sex to run rampant. Pornography and sex parlors and prostitution and gentlemen's clubs. What a misleading name that is. High school parties and college dorms and fraternity houses of orgies. Alcohol and drugs contributing to the killing of the unborn because they are an inconvenience. We have climbed on board with COVID and political bandwagon and forgot what is really plaguing this country. When the fact is it's sin with no shame or conviction. Churches and preachers and Christians condoning and living the lifestyles. Time is this. We talk about China and we talk about Russia 
and we talk about North Korea and Iran, yet we live in the most violent country in the entire world. Five-year-olds stabbed and shot while playing outside their homes. I don't care what color their skin is. That is unacceptable. We have become a people of total moral decline. Americans that make their own rules and laws do away with the police, destroy others' character because of their conservative ideology. There are folks that want to do away with if you don't work, you don't eat. They want everything free. They let everyone else pay for it. Folks, that's called socialism. Say, preacher, I feel uneasy with this message. You're welcome to leave. I'll just be honest with you. You can fire me today. I'll go on a soapbox somewhere and stand and preach the truth. It is time that we as Christians speak up. Pastors and clergy seeking to bring in the 21st century to the church have totally disregarded biblical absolute authority and moral law. We've thrown out the baby with the bathwater within our own churches. I personally blame apathetic preachers denominations, and Christians for this country's spiritual decline. Crazy ideas of a few becoming the laws of the land has drifted into our churches. A generation of young adults and Christians believing that these sins are okay because they haven't been taught otherwise. Equating, equating the mistreatment of others with abortion. Denying the fact, denying the fact that marriage is not God's sole institution the home, created before the church. Christ himself prophesied and pronounced doom on Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. Once vibrant economic sinners now gone from the face of the earth or in ruins. Many will consider this message this morning faithless and unpatriotic to suggest that the U.S. could end up in heaps of rubble, lose their favor with God if we truly still have any. Someone has said on our tombstone will be written no one believed or cared enough to speak out. 
I'm not Mordecai. But our Christian civilization is going to die because we don't want to be bothered, speak out, in fear of we are going to hurt someone's feelings and treat them as though they were not loved. Pastors and Sunday school teachers pussyfooting around or passing over Passages of scripture of Romans 1, which talks plainly about homosexuality. Genesis 2, which plainly describes what marriage looks like. Psalms 139, that clearly speaks that we are created in the image of God before birth from our mother's womb. Our government... Folks, if, if you cannot see the evil and the enemy and what is happening in this country today within our government, then it's either one of two things. You agree with it or you refuse to see it. It's just that simple. Mordecai did not stand idly by as the government prepared to kill off Jewish civilization. And I do not intend to shut up or be silenced during a time as this in our country. I love my family. I love my church. I love this group of people that we call Big Branch Church. And I love God. And a time as this is without a doubt in my mind, the enemy's evil attack against the God of this book. It's not Trump versus Biden. It's not McConnell versus Pelosi. Or Democrats versus Republicans. You go home and look closely and you see the assault on the biblical values against biblical principles and Christians and you come back and tell me otherwise. From the lips of Mordecai, I do not think because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. And folks, do not think because you alone are a Christian, you will escape. Annihilation was coming to Esther, and if Esther doesn't rise up for such a time as this, what would have happened? Judgment is coming if we do not rise up. Some of you will say you're being too political, preacher. You don't know my heart. Please understand, this is not about Trump. So be it if he's the one chosen for such a time as this. But God still chooses who's in that White House and any other White House around this country. But the issues that are at stake 
the abortion issue that's coming before the Supreme Court, the institution of marriage, peace in the Middle East, the embassy in Jerusalem. If you cannot see God in what is happening, then you're sadly mistaken. Mordecai and Esther were dealing with the political establishment. In fact... Esther was part of the political establishment. She was the first lady. They simply stood up for what was right. God's people, they stood against and spoke out against murder, the holocaust that was going to take place. Romans chapter 12 verse 9 It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Christ himself looked around in Mark chapter 3 and verse 5. At them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. We are instructed in those two passages to hate evil. It even speaks of our love being in question or hypocritical or not sincere if we do not hate what is evil. Christ is angry. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 5. He was standing against the religious establishment. And their pharisaical laws of not healing on the Sabbath. You think of that. It wasn't sinful anger. Nor was it self-righteous indignation. It was unrighteous. Or nor was it an unrighteous temper. Masquerading around in religious clothes but anger that moves us to act is what he was speaking about. To speak out and to get involved. Maybe that's just in a time as this as simple as voting. Time as this calls us to action. We've stood idly by and watched the decay of our country since 1973 when Roe v. Wade took place, and 1993, and since seen our religious moral values eroded. The decay of our country is happening in front of our very eyes. And it's not with hatred that we speak out. It's in love. To maintain what the God of this book and his absolute authority dictates for us to follow as his commands. I'll read you something and then I'll close. Once there was a great society. It was the envy of all its neighbors. The citizens of this region were quite proud. They had excelled all other known civilizations. No one 
could criticize the land (coughs) without great resentment arising from the community of pride. (coughs) The land was situated in the most productive area of the world. Natural resources abounded. There was plenty of land and water. Natural beauty marked the nation's borders. The people believed God had smiled upon them in a special manner, and indeed he had. Most plentiful were the riches of this fortunate region. Almost every family was well fed. Eating held a great deal of attention, and no one can deny that the people of this region ate more than enough. Indulgence in food and wine was excessive. Prosperity began to mark the great society. So copious was the dominions of wealth that no one had to work long hours or earn, to earn a living. Everyone had leisure time. Entertainment and recreation began to command a larger portion of each day. Relaxation and ease were a way of life. But with the advent of luxury and ease... Immorality began to increase. The crime rate was a problem. The divorce rate rose. Sexual promiscuity was rumored at all levels of society and government. More base forms of sexual perversion arose from the leisure. Horrible sexual orgies were reported. Homosexuality increased sharply and men and women became more open in their practices. Dangerous for women and children to walk the streets. Voices of protest raised, but law enforcement was ineffective. A nation was not anti-religious, though. Increased attendance at worship was part of the great society. But the people were modernistic, Tolerant, idolism abounded within their culture. They did not feel their actions were inconsistent with their faith, though. After all, a new age demanded a new morality. Their church leaders appeased them by being relevant to the times and never taught the next generation the commandments of God from the Scripture. One morning as the sun rose, all was normal. Some about their jobs, but most were late risers. This made sense after late nights of fun, and then the days would be short with less work taking place. Suddenly the land was engulfed in flame. The country was utterly destroyed in a dreadful holocaust. Only three citizens of the entire population survived. The once beautiful land became a barren wasteland. God had finally had his fill of the disrespectful rebellious rebellion against his law by his own creation. This is a true account of history. The name of the society was Sodom. You can go read the story in Genesis 
13, 19, and Ezekiel 16. It is rumored that she has a younger sister and her name is America. A time as this. I pray we as Christians realize that we were created for such a time as this. Let's stand.